Good morning. Welcome to Devotions for Worship. Today is Monday, May 11th, and we begin by remembering our baptism. In Mark 16, verse 16, it says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And so in the confidence of our salvation, we make the sign of the cross and say, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray. Father in heaven, in the beginning you created all things. The earth was formless and void. I look ahead to the week, not yet knowing what will be, but I trust you to form it and fill it with meaning. Your spirit hovered over the face of the deep. Let your spirit hover over the deep, dark places in my heart and in my mind to do your life-giving work in me. In the beginning, Lord, you spoke, and what you spoke became. Speak to me through the word made flesh, Jesus Christ, the crucified and risen one. Speak faith, speak hope, speak love. Create these things in me. Speak mercy, grace, and kindness. Speak justice, truth, and holiness. Speak death to sin, new life in Christ, and resurrection. Create me anew in the image of Jesus, and created anew, let my life show forth the power of his cross for forgiveness and the promise of his empty tomb for new life. Amen. We confess our Christian faith this morning using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our scripture reading today is, once again, Psalm 2. Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. 
Perhaps the violence of the psalm is uncomfortable to us. The picture of God we are used to dealing with is of a, a gentle, if powerful, God who only blesses and never punishes. This is not really an accurate picture. Certainly, God deals with us according to his grace and mercy. And in love, his desire is to bless us, especially for those who have been redeemed and who hope in him. But the Lord also disciplines those he loves. See Deuteronomy 8 verse 5 and Hebrews 12 verse 6. And the experience of discipline is not always perceived as love, is it? Think back to when your parents grounded you or, or disciplined you in some way. Perhaps now uh, you see the blessing and the love behind their actions. But did you at the time? Sometimes we just perceive that punishment, that discipline as punishment. So if we who believe do not necessarily perceive God's discipline as blessing in love, how will the rulers of the earth who plot in vain experience God's correction? Will those who actively seek to remove God's word from them, to burst his bonds and cast away the cords of God's commands and promises, receive God's correction as an act of his love? They are set in conflict with him and with his Messiah, as we ourselves once were, as it says in Romans 5, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that he now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. God has given his son to be our king, and as king, the son is our savior. His salvation comes to us as we live under his reign. Remember, Jesus' first message is that the kingdom, the reign of God, has come. As the kings and rulers seek to cast off the Son, they place themselves outside of God's salvation. So the, sons, so the Lord says to the Son, You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Some feel that this is a reference to a Mesopotamian metaphor for kingship. Even if that is the case, this phrase displays that the Son has real power. There is good reason to approach him with fear because his righteousness condemns sin and disobedience. But we are also able to rejoice in trembling because we have met the Lord's anointed through his mercy and his salvation. Jesus once said that he had not come to condemn the world. He also said that the world already stood condemned. He came to save the world. The violence and conflict in Psalm 2 is directed toward those who continue to live in condemnation, refusing Jesus' salvation. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father apart from him. But those who come through Jesus, who, as it says in the psalm, kiss the Son, taking refuge in him as the crucified and risen Messiah, are not condemned, but are blessed. And that means you are blessed. 
as you trust in Jesus as your Savior. We pray this morning, praying for God to help us to believe and to understand his word and pray for increased faith, hope, and love. Lord God, Heavenly Father, sometimes we come to things in the scriptures that make us a little bit uncomfortable. And maybe there are things here in Psalm 2 as it speaks of your wrath, as it speaks of dashing with rods of iron, and, uh, and that just make us uncomfortable. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to receive these things in faith, that you would help us to believe your word and, and to understand that there is conflict in this world, a spiritual conflict that rejects you and rejects the salvation that you have won for us in Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that you would increase our faith and our hope and our love and that you would move us to compassion, to share the hope that the Son did not come in anger and wrath, but he came in gentleness to bring salvation to all people. And we ask that your Spirit would help to move more people to come to that faith, that they would not cast off your word, that we too would not cast off your word, but that we would draw near to you to take refuge in Jesus. It's in his name that we pray, and we pray as he teaches us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for being with me. And I hope that you I hope that you experience that sense of being blessed and being happy as you take refuge in Jesus as your Savior and King. I hope you'll come back this evening and join me for an evening devotion as well.